friends, our second lesson is again from the book of Philippians. Our sermon series called Citizens of Heaven is a study of the book of Philippians. And if you'll remember last week, we began with the Apostle Paul reminding us that even though there may be discord in the society around us and there may be arguments and discord within the church, we are called to follow the example of Christ to be citizens of heaven more than anything else. And listen again as he writes from the first chapter, verse 3 through 11, about our calling to live in love. Paul writes, I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work in you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you because you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in my defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ, you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we know that there is no true preaching without your spirit being in every word that is spoken. And so we pray, come Lord Jesus. Be in the words that are spoken and be also in all of our hearts and minds as we meditate on your word. May we grow closer to you in the sharing of your word. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As many of you know, about three years ago, my mom died unexpectedly, and she had struggled with addiction her whole life, so we weren't terribly close. But when we got the call, me and my two brothers went down to Louisiana, where she lived, right on the water, southeast Louisiana. And of course, we had to make arrangements for her. And one of the things we had to do when we were there is clean out her house. And so we go, and I don't have any other way of saying it, except she lived in what was essentially a shack. I mean, all I could think about was, she knows about hurricanes, right? I mean, I felt like I could have blown this structure apart. And we walk in, and one of the first things I notice is that she has pictures everywhere. She has pictures of her friends who are there in Louisiana. She has pictures of her friends from years ago. She has pictures all over the place. And I don't think much of it until we'd been there about 20 minutes and I stopped and I looked at my older brother and I said, there's not a single picture of us in here. Like if you had walked in, you wouldn't know she was a lady who had children. There wasn't a single picture and I was devastated. 
I think my first thought was like my mother's heart, right? Like, you know, if you want to meet me at the door, I'll show you lots of pictures of my kids. You know what I mean? I just, I couldn't believe it and I was devastated. And then this week, I was preparing for this sermon. And I was thinking about the kind of love that Paul is talking about here. And here's what Paul knew. Paul knew that love could be dangerous, that Paul's love of Christ caused persecution for his followers, that Paul's love of Christ meant that he was even imprisoned while he wrote this letter to that church in Philippi. And it suddenly occurred to me that there were no pictures of us because our love for her was probably the most dangerous thing to her soul. Do you know what I mean? To have to see pictures of us each day knowing that she had not loved us well and we had tried very hard to love her, I think that would have been more devastating to her than any hurricane that's going to roll in off the bayou. That's what Paul is talking about when he talks about asking us to grow more and more in our love. The love, of course, is agape love. We know what that means. It's a strictly biblical term. You don't see it anywhere else. It is the kind of love that describes how God loved all humanity. And when they turned from God, God reached out to them again and again. This kind of love is the love of Jesus Christ, who took on frail flesh and came to teach, who was crucified and died so that we might be redeemed. It's that kind of love. It's not a warm feeling. It's a practice of sacrificial love that was offered to us, and we are called to offer that to others. So we are supposed to live in love. That's who we are. And Paul is telling us in this passage that it's hard to love, and he knows that. And he says that the one who began a good work in us, Jesus Christ, will also help us become the people we are supposed to be. That's the process of sanctification. That somehow from the beginning of our faith journey to the end, we should see growth in how much we are able to love. And particularly, Paul says, the church is to be a place where we love each other. And we are a model for that kind of love for the world. Now, it doesn't mean that we will always agree. It doesn't mean that we always think the same things. But it does mean that we are always rooted in sacrificial love for the other. And we are always committed to where Christ is calling us more than anything else. Remember, that it is God who began a good work in you, and it is Christ and the Holy Spirit who will help you fulfill it. You are not left on your own to do the very hard work of loving. And then Paul also says that you should love more and more, and I couldn't help thinking in 2006, there, um, Billy Graham was on the cover of Newsweek, I think he was 79 when that was written, the article, he was interviewed by John Meacham, and at this point, he has pretty much quit touring, going around and preaching. He has turned over the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association to his son. And so this article is him kind of looking back over his life. 
and John Meacham asked him about some of the things that he was most sure of. And do you know what Billy Graham said? I'm not so sure anymore. One of those things is that for long in his career, he had preached on the inerrancy of the Bible, that everything written in the Bible came directly from God. And Billy Graham says in this article, I guess I don't really think that's true anymore. I think there's a lot of mystery, and I think Christians can disagree on what Scripture says and still be family together. Another one is John Meacham asked him, what about all the times you have said that Christ is the only way to God? And Billy Graham says, I'm not so sure anymore. I know faithful Muslims. I know faithful Hindus. I don't know if God will turn anyone away, but I know that I am called into Christ's way. You know what that is? That's wisdom. And that's growing in love. That is a change and ability to be transparent about it. At the very end of that interview, he says this lovely thing. He says, you know, I focus more and more on the love of God because at the end of my life, I know it is the most important thing. You can see a difference from him as a young man and all that he said from the pulpit and what he has to say now. He grew in his love. And that's not because of him, it's because the Holy Spirit does it. And so you are called. You are called to love where it is difficult to love. And it's not going to feel good. And there's going to be this tension and sometimes arguments, but it should always be rooted in your love of God and your love of others. And you should always be willing to be reconciled to that person. And guess what, First Church Huntsville? You can do this because I've seen you do it. I have seen you go to someone that you have offended and say, I am so sorry, this is what I meant, I hope you'll forgive me. I've seen you do it. You've done it with me. And so our goal is to keep growing more and more. We should not love today the same way that we did yesterday. And here's the good news. Christ's love is enough that Christ fills us up for this hard work of loving others. You know, my mom, who didn't have any pictures up of us, I had forgiven her. Probably, I was probably about 32, and I had been in the church maybe four years, and I told her that I knew she had an addiction, and I forgave her. And I'll tell you, that's not me. I'd had 32 years of holding a resentment. But through the example of Jesus Christ, I was able to grow a bit in my love. That's not me. That's the Holy Spirit. And the sad part is, is that she didn't believe in forgiveness enough to believe me. We are a community that has something to say to the world. And I don't know about you, but I feel like the world, our country especially, is more divisive than it's ever been. And guess what? As followers of Jesus Christ, you cannot afford to be divisive. You cannot afford to be anything else other than loving. Does that mean you can't disagree? Of course not. But there's a difference between disagreeing with your brother or sister and disagreeing with someone you think isn't connected to you. You cannot afford to be divided you are the body of Christ. 
Let us be the light on the hill that we should be. Thanks be to God, and amen.